Sunshine's bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light, and everything is in its place. Ooh, I woke up feeling great. Today was made for me. And life is good the way it should, the way it was meant to be. And it's a beautiful day. discretion is advised and welcome everyone permits podcast episode number six for the week of august the 12th 2016 glad to have you with us thanks very much for taking some time to tune in hope you had a super week and have kept up on all the big news that was surrounding a billion lives that had its north american premiere last weekend in milwaukee and played this past thursday in oklahoma city be sure to visit uh, billionlives.com, sign up for updates to receive dates and times that the film will be playing in your area. In this episode, we will wrap up our three-part in-depth look into the situation down in Australia. Any of the Australian listeners that may be tuning in, make sure that you try and get to the first ever Save Vaping Rally on Tuesday, August 16th at 12.30 p.m. That's this coming Tuesday on the steps of the Parliament House in Melbourne. That's number one Spring Street in Melbourne. Again, 12.30 p.m. Dr. Attila Danko, Donna Darville, Dr. Colin Mendelson will be there and many more. It is your chance to get out, let your voice be heard. So take full advantage of this incredible opportunity. Okay, we'll have a full-blown Aussie Rules vaping episode this time around with part two of my interview with Dr. Attila Danko and also an epic interview with the vaping bogan as well. So let's dive right into things now and see if we can get the vaping bogan on the phone. Hello? Well, good day, mate. Throw another shrimp on the barbie. Hello? Anyone there? Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I have the wrong number. Uh, is the vaping bogan there, please? Who? This is Permit the Fog from Canada calling. I'm trying to get a hold of the vaping bogan, please. It's that mongrel. He's trying to put me in the nut house. I've been able to handle him so far, but... That plant that was moving and all them strange phone calls... He's trying to scare me out of Sid's house. Uh, ma'am, I'm very, very sorry. I think I might have honestly dialed the lo- the wrong number here. Um, you don't know the vaping bogan? Does does he live near you or something? Yeah, and I know who the lout was. I'm not so bloody young either. 
Yeah, because it, it doesn't seem like we're speaking of the same person here. Um, you know, Vaping Bogan's a, a pretty well-respected guy, I thought, uh, you but know. how? You've seen him, you know how clever he is. God, he could talk me under the table. Well, I honestly don't mean to pry, but is there any way you could tell me uh, how I could get in touch with him? I'll tell you when I'm good and ready. Don't you worry, you'll find out soon enough what I'm going to do. In fact, you may find out sooner than you think. Never you mind, I'll keep in touch. And if you'll excuse me, I've got something very important to do. <laughs> hey, calm down a little bit, please, ma'am. I'm just trying to get a hold of the vaping bogan. Uh, you know, those kind of uh, tones and threats, I don't know how your laws worked on there, but I think you could essentially end up in court. Listen, sonny boy. I've been to court more often than you've had hot breakfast. I know what happens, and I'm not going to let you get away with anything. <laughs> okay, please, ma'am, calm down. There's no need to get this ramped up. Is, you know, has he done something to you? Uh, I think you're you're carrying this a little bit too far. Oh, no, I'm not. He's trying to get me out of this house. Ma'am, I, I know it's... You know, winter time down there right now, but I'm thinking maybe you've had a little bit of a touch of the sun or something. Touch of the sun, my eye. Oh, forget it. I might as well talk to me bloody self. Ma'am, with all due respect, you seem very angry over this whole thing. I'm sorry to, to bother you tonight. Have, have you been sitting having a drink or two or something tonight? I spent the night in the pub. Then I didn't know where to go. But I thought you could look after me because you are my parole officer. Well, ma'am, I am very sorry for, for bothering you tonight. Maybe I'll just let you go. Uh, you should maybe go to sleep and let sleep off this buzz you got going. But it's been a nice... Oh, go and bite your back. You can't order me about. I'm a free woman. Okay, well, if you got, you know, these massive problems with, the, with Bogan, what about his wife? Have you tried talking to her? She just told me to lay off the booze. Well, ma'am, uh, listen, I'm very, very sorry. I dialed the wrong number just trying to get a hold of vaping Bogan. Uh, and all I wanted to do was to conduct an interview with him tonight, uh, so... Well, there you are, then. If he says it's all right, it's all right. I mean, he'd know, wouldn't he? Well, absolutely, ma'am. Thank you very much. And listen, I really have enjoyed talking to you, and, uh, it's been a pleasure. I'd be very sorry for bothering you, and... Pinch my teeth, you lousy bitch! Now give him back! <laughs> Okay, ma'am, ma thank you very much for uh, a great conversation. I'm very sorry to bother you. Have yourself a great night, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Oh, Mills Dream, where I first met you. <laughs> you know, I haven't felt like this since VE Day. <laughs> this is Fresh 3 You're listening to the Fogcast. And Gizzard Stew is my favorite cock. Hell yeah. My grandfather's cock was too long for his pants and it dragged several feet on the floor. last couple episodes we've held our focus on the vaping dictatorship situation in Australia and we're going to continue that focus with this episode as well however 
this is a bit of a special occasion. So I'm going to retitle this episode segment to taking the O out of the country show, because joining me now is the voice of vaping from Australia, Sam Parsons, AKA the vaping bloody Bogan. Welcome to the podcast, Sam. Can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your extremely busy life to chat. How the fuck are you? <laughs> Not too bad, brother. <laughs> Anyways, congratulations, buddy, on a stellar job on your YouTube channel. You've just uploaded your 400th video, 28,500 subs, 1.9, almost 2 million video views, and that's all contained in a two-year period. Your anniversary coming up August 18th. Congratulations, man, and thanks very much for what you've done to uh, bring a lot of entertainment and some great information to the uh, community through YouTube. Thank you very much, sir. Is it is it August? I thought it was September that I did my first video, but you you've done your research, so <laughs> that's uh, that's cool. I did it sooner than I thought. It was actually only funny today. I was thinking that I was like, "Fuck, it's two years nearly since I did the first fucking video." Um, as really a bit of a laugh, and it kind of snowballed from there. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, you entertain the hell out of your viewers with your Bolgan style, yet you always include a solid, valuable message in each of your videos, a total package in my opinion. And that's something that's always appealed to me. Your passion and determination is extremely obvious. And as a viewer and vaping enthusiast, once again, I thank you very much for all you do for the community and taking a little time out just to join us on the podcast and talk about uh, what's going on down in Australia. No, no worries at all. I appreciate the uh, the kind the kind fucking words very much. Um, yeah, it's it's um, I don't know. It's really weird because I never set out to um, to set up a YouTube channel or um, or become a, a vape reviewer insert quote, and it just sort of happened. And then once it kind of got a bit of traction, I almost felt a responsibility to kind of keep it going. People enjoyed the videos. People were having a laugh. And so I kept doing them. And then I thought, well, you know, I got to fucking do my bit. Um, advocacy became something that um, I felt as a person that, you know, people watched and, and I had a platform that I, you know, I had to include, you know, it'd be selfish of me to just talk about vape gear and not talk about the bigger picture. Absolutely. And commend you for that. Uh, that's something that I think that, you know, all reviewers should take the responsibility of doing, especially in this time where the entire globe is suffering uh, a drawback with their governments trying to squash out what we're doing. But, you know, for those of us that follow you on social media platforms, uh, that we realize how incredibly busy you are with your channel, your interaction on Facebook and other social media. Uh, you're dedicated to your job as well. And you also have a young family with a brand new baby girl being brought into the mix over the last month or so. And uh, first off, a huge congratulations on your new bundle of unconditional love. And secondly, how do you manage to juggle such a packed schedule? Um, it's, I'll be, I'll be honest. It's not easy. Um, it's not something that I, I probably, you know, I haven't really talked about with, uh, with my subscribers. It's, it sometimes it's kind of fucking hard. Um, you know, I got a full-time job, uh, hopefully one day maybe with, um, you know, various ventures that, you know, I suppose someone can get into once they get a bit of a, a following, um, you can start maybe getting some, some business things happening with, with vaping from, from your channel. I hope to do some merchandise and possibly, you know, maybe a juice channel. And one day I can hopefully do less work and more YouTube. 
Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's hard. I try to get out three videos a week. I think for me is sort of my, my threshold. If I can get three videos out a week, um, I'm happy. Uh, and then that gives me enough sort of time in the evenings on the other nights to spend with the family. Um, and then by day, I'm putting vape gear in boxes and sending them out to, <laughs> to vapors. Like I said, I certainly appreciate you taking the time out to discuss the situation over Australia. Uh, as you know, listeners from the previous couple podcasts have uh, learned to understand that it's pretty drastic over there. And uh, I know that the listeners are going to be grateful to get your input as well. So I don't want to waste uh, what little time you do have. So let's get right into it. I have been eagerly anticipating this interview and not only to get the perspective from your part of the globe, but also... Uh, because I've always admired your no-nonsense type of approach. You call a spade a spade, you tell it like it is. Uh, we've seen you smash mods, and you're also not shy in giving manufacturers advice on how they can sexually relieve themselves. But it's, <laughs> it's also very apparent how passionate you are at what's taking place with regulations around the world. Every video you post, like I mentioned, you talk about supporting the cause in the US, Australia, the UK, and other parts of the world. So let's just take a, a quick step back. How long have you been vaping and when did you realize that the vaping scene in Australia was about to be flushed? Um, it's been interesting. It's sort of, in Australia, it's been more of a state by state type thing and with a, a looming feeling that the federal government is going to do something uh, at some point. So firstly, the Western Australian government went after uh, an individual, just a, a lone uh, online retailer, and basically tried to say that he was selling tobacco products because vapes resembled cigarettes, in which they actually lost the first court situation. Uh, then they appealed that and won that, and then he took that to, uh, I suppose, the, the high court and lost that again, and then he went to the Supreme Court uh, and, you know, basically, you know, I, it, it took probably two years for, for that all to happen and well over $100,000. He literally bankrupted himself going to court and eventually lost that situation. Um, so currently in that state, it's illegal to sell hardware uh, from within the state. People can still buy it from interstate or overseas, but you, can't, you cannot sell vape gear in Western Australia. And then Queensland, another state, which is sort of like our, Flor like our Florida, I suppose, <laughs> down here, they, they went really hardcore and basically outlawed nicotine altogether. How enforced that is, I'm not 100% on because people are still getting nicotine. But um, basically, yeah, you, you can't uh, you can't technically be in possession of nicotine. The way I understand it, I may be incorrect there, but I'm pretty sure that that's that's the way it is. Um, and then now in Victoria, uh, so another we've got six or so states and a couple of territories in in Australia. Uh, they've basically proposed lumping vaping in with tobacco, which is really bad because. It means people won't be able to vape in a vape store. They won't be able to try. They won't be able to advertise. Um, all sorts of you know really um, damaging uh, legislation, which hasn't come to fruition yet. But there's been no consultation with the public or any health uh, you know authorities whatsoever. So yeah, uh, it, it 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 hasn't fully affected all Australians, but it's state by state happening and potentially a federal thing. Uh, you know, looming. You know, through talking with Paul and my research, I found, you know, the understanding that the policies and the laws regarding nicotine and vaping 
are being drawn up and passed behind closed doors with literally while the country sleep. What, what's your thought process on the reasoning behind the approach that your government's taking on this? Uh, it's pretty pretty classic Australian government style. It's um, yeah, it's not uh, it's yeah, it, it's it's not surprising. It's extremely upsetting, but it's not surprising the way they've gone about it. Um, it's pretty typical of them to uh, basically take the nanny state type approach and just outlaw shit. You touched on as well the states and the territories differ uh, as to in regards what's illegal and what isn't. But for most of the country, to purchase and sell nicotine is illegal, but it's legal to import for personal use. Yeah. So for the way I understand it is that's a pre-existing law that dates back uh, prior to vaping, you know, even existing in Australia. It's to do with the Poisons Act uh, because nicotine, obviously in extremely high concentrated form is very much a poison. Um, there's pre-existing laws that, uh, that basically prevent the sale and supply of nicotine from within inside Australia. Um, but you can still import it. So, you know, for instance, I have a liter of nicotine and a hundred milligrams sitting in my freezer right now, and that's completely legal. But if I was to sell it to anybody inside Australia or even to sell it to someone outside Australia, because I'm in Australia, that's illegal. Right. And obviously contradicting that action, it is totally legal to purchase combustible nicotine in cigarette form, obviously, which, uh, you know, on the government's end is very contradictory. Uh, being that's, that Australia is a socialized healthcare system like it is in Canada, you would think the statistics are showing that it is a far safer alternative and they'd yeah. want their people healthier. You, you would think you would think they would take note of some of the health you know information that's come out, especially from places like the UK with the Royal Institute of Physicians and the whole UK health system basically jumping aboard. But no, the Australian government, yeah, it's it's hard to work out whether they're just completely ignoring that or whether there are some underlying, under the surface pharmaceutical and um, big tobacco type shit going on. Uh, I don't want to talk too much, too much like uh, you know triangles and fucking conspiracy theories but um when you see information that contradicts completely what they're uh, they're saying it makes you wonder as to what the fuck they're doing so in essentially in australia you cannot buy or sell nicotine you're forced to import for personal use and you're if you're not completely educated on good nicotines and bad nicotines you're r risking a contaminated product but you can purchase nicotine in a combustible tobacco form. It seems to me like they're going out of their way to make vaping more inconvenient smoking despite the cost. Yeah, that, that definitely seems to be what uh, the government wants to do. They, they seem to be happy with um, these inadequate avenues of nicotine delivery being the only option for, uh, for smokers. And I, you know, to me, that seems like they really just want people to keep smoking. Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, let's paint a little uh, quick picture with some fast statistics. You've got <clears throat> approximately 15,000 Australians die each year from smoking. It costs the Australian government, ultimately the taxpayers, approximately $31.5 in social, including health and economic costs. Uh, in 2015, Australians spent approximately $3.2 billion on cigarettes. 
And since March 2014, there have been three of four 12.5% excise increases, with the fourth taking place on September 1st uh, this coming year in 2016. This will yep. essentially bring the average cost of a cigarette up to about a dollar twenty per cigarette, or a twenty-four dollars for a twenty-pack, uh, uh, roughly. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's pretty, it's pretty fucked up. It, and, you know, to put it bluntly, it's pretty fucked up considering that you know at the moment, even before this next hike in prices, you're paying you know roughly a dollar a cigarette, and as you say, more than a dollar pretty soon per cigarette you know the average person the average smoker is probably smoking you know at least half a pack to a pack a day and i would say the average smoker is getting pretty close to a pack a day that's that's a lot of money every week for uh, for a smoker to be dishing out absolutely i mean you've got a statistic of approximately 15 percent of the population smokes on a daily basis so from the quick math Let's go with your total population, uh, but we're going to go with 18 million Australians approximately that are 14 and up, with uh, which approximately 15% smoke on a daily basis. Now, out of those 15%, three and a half to five percent have switched to vaping, bringing it to approximately roughly about 100 to 125,000 vapors in Australia. And those numbers doubled from 2013 to 14 and 14 to 15, et cetera. But with the recent scare tactics by the government, the numbers have been slowly dwindling. Now, the reason that I pumped these numbers out was to show that there's still a load of smokers out there that are being brainwashed into believing that vaping is something bad. And yeah. so what do you do and how do you encourage Australian vapers to get out and properly educate? It's, it's really hard because the government has been really effective with this. Like there's, there's just been so many bullshit and completely unfounded articles and you see them popping up on Facebook feeds all the time. Oh, vaping, you know, it's worse than smoking and, you know, it's going to affect children and nicotine, you know, like what is it really doing and all this sort of crap. And you're just like, have you not seen the, the, the real articles that show that, you know, if you speak to any GP, if you speak to any, you know, non-affiliated, uh, you know, GP, and by that I mean, you know, someone that's in the pocket of pharmaceutical or whatever, they will tell you that nicotine in its pure form, you know, in a vapor or in a patch or in whatever, is about as bad as caffeine for you. You know, you're not telling coffee drinkers to stop fucking drinking coffee, are you? You know, but you're scaring smokers into putting three odd thousand chemicals into their body instead of one. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I asked Paul last week or the last episode this same question. You know, for decades, the UK, Canada and Australia have been proven to be the world leaders in harm reduction, not necessarily just tobacco, but in harm reduction period, be based on our socialized health care. And the UK has taken a progressive stance on vaping. Canada is, is in that same movement as well. We're looking to create vaping's own regulatory framework, which it should be, and not just lumping it together with tobacco. But both countries are realizing that vaping is not a tobacco product and shouldn't be regulated as such. Why is Australia not following suit, in your opinion? It's it, it's extremely frustrating. I don't uh, I don't know for sure. Um, the only reason, and, and that's what's so, so like extremely, it, it's, it, 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 
it, yeah, I, I can't find the words as to how fucking pissed off uh, vapors are when they see their government basically ignoring, um, you know, not not just independent studies, but an entire health industry in the UK basically saying this is going to save not just a few lives, but millions of lives. And they just ignore that. They just ignore that and say, you know what? Nah, actually, we think it might be damaging. Uh, we're worried about children starting to take up vaping. We're worried about non-smokers vaping. Um, you know, and you just feel like saying, fuck that. Okay, even if 10 non-smokers took up vaping, don't you think it's worth saving, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of, of, of smokers' lives by getting them onto something that actually effectively works. Instead, you want us to try and use patches and sprays and gums, which just don't work. And you've tried this for, you know, decades. You've tried using, um, you know, ex extremely expensive uh, prices, taxes to increase the, the price of cigarettes. And you want to ignore something, you know, and come up with all of these uh, phony, unproven, you know, ideas that, you know, vaping is going to do this and it's going to do that and it's going to, and, you, and you're ignoring the actual evidence. And, and the only reason you can, you can look at is either they're too lazy to properly investigate it and look at the evidence and actually make an educated decision on it. Uh, instead, they choose to go, ah, oh, we'll just, yeah, it's too hard to actually investigate and make a proper, uh, you know, educated decision on or there's something more, you know, evil. There's something more, you know, sinister. you know, dark, sin sinister underneath there, whereby you are throwing smokers under the bus at the expense and the, and the profit of big tobacco and pharmaceutical. You're worried that you're going to lose the taxes from cigarettes. You're worried that you're going to lose the uh, revenue from medical treatment on smoking-related diseases. Uh, and you're worried that, um, you know, there's going to be, you know, some sort of, you know, actual effective way to quit smoking and suddenly you're not going to have this income. Well, that's just it. And I mean, my opinion is, you know, uh, Big Tobacco has had their their moment. They've been at it for centuries. They've made their money. But the governments could honestly make, uh, you know, close to, they wouldn't be losing a whole lot if they regulated it properly, taxed it properly, and encouraged their, their public because they're going to be saving money in the healthcare end of things. And it's, it's going to balance out for them. And then exactly. they're going to have, uh, they're going to have a great stance as, how the world looks at them you know they, they're they're doing something is, is you know that they can save so much money on on uh smoking related diseases and the treatment and all the medical stuff that goes along with that and they can and even if they just put in like a standard tax you know like a basic gst tax which they put on everything 10 percent, which we can all live with you know, if we're paying fucking you know three dollars on top of our thirty dollar rda we can all live with that but instead they don't want to take that actual, you know, proper step into to regulating it uh, effectively and putting proper legislation in uh, and, and saving themselves some money in, in the treatment of smoking related diseases. They, they just, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's really disgusting. 
you guys recently had the Billion Lives premiere down in Australia. It was a big success. A lot of awards were won for the film down there. Do you think that it had any impact whatsoever on the, from a, a citizen standpoint, their view on, on what the governments are doing? Um, I would like to think so. Um, based on what I've seen with the Victorian government, so far, no. That you know, there, there's probably the the thing with Australia is um, I've seen a number of uh, politicians say, "Oh, that's really good. Um, we really, you know, we we like what we see here. This is fantastic." But party lines, party lines come back into it. Even if you know a number of MPs and whatever see these. Um, you know, documentaries and they see this research and they see what it can actually do, um, the overruling uh, agenda of the party will, will override basically any individual thought that they have on it. Uh, and we can see that with gay marriage, you know, for example. We've got so many um, politicians that are, are all for it, pro-gay marriage, Absolutely, let's get LGBT, you know, gay, gay rights. Um, but instead, their party lines and what the party says they have to vote for uh, prohibits and, 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 and stops them from, you know, basically passing the legislation. And I can see that, you know, that's going to be the same problem with, with vaping. You know, you, you've got to get enough um, political uh, support, but also, you know, you've got to get the public, you know, you've got to get uh, all of the public, you know, the only way that the Australian government really listens to what happens is when you get enough of the public standing up. Exactly. It boils down to what is being said over and over and over. It is in, entirely up to the public. It's up to the vaping community to not only educate the smokers, because I'm going to be honest with, uh, I've been trying to do my research to proper, you know, conduct proper interviews with both, you know, you and Paul, and I've got Dr. Attila Danko as well, which I'm really looking forward to. But it's very difficult to find information about the truth about vaping down in Australia. <clears throat> Anything that I've been able to find out on the internet is all that, like you mentioned, the propaganda, the the anti-vaping propaganda, protecting the kids, and the, the same that. Other countries don't follow suit with that. I mean, with the situation in Poland right now, I was able to dig up a wealth of information, both good and bad. And you can make a proper assessment of what's going on where it seems like you guys, uh, Paul touched on that as well, like a media type blackout at almost that's going on down there that prohibits the truth from being exposed. And it's unfortunate. And so do you foresee the Australian government ever changing their view uh, do you think that this would put pressure on the Australian government to really rethink their strategy? Uh, I do. I, I'm, I'm really actually quite uh, excited about seeing what New Zealand has done because I think being such a close neighbour um, geographically, but um, but also, you know, uh, in terms of policies and stuff like that, I think that will have a powerful impact, hopefully. I'm, I'm hopeful. I, you know, as I said, I, I don't know for sure, but I think... Uh, it, it should have an impact. Um, but like you say, you know, the propaganda is strong and I've been, I'll be out in public, you know, I'll be, I'll be having a vape somewhere um, near smokers and you'll meet smokers that actually think that vaping is worse than smoking. And right. you look at them like, 
like they've got a, a mental disorder. You're like, how the fuck, how the fuck can you think that? You know, based on all of the research that we've seen in other countries, um, based on the very simple scientific fact that, that there is only essentially one major chemical in there. There are a bunch of innate ingredients, PG, VG, and some food grade flavorings in there. How can you possibly think that not burning something and inhaling the vapor is worse than burning something? It's a carcinogen. You take flame, you, you, you inhale the smoke. How is that going to be better than a vapor? Like, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. And it's really concerning at, to how the Australian public just just soaks up propaganda. Exactly. Well, I think, you know, just throughout history, that's we're, we're led to believe that our governments know what's best. And there's still a lot of people out there that don't interact on the Internet. They don't get, you know, they don't dig and research that, you know, if they are on the Internet, they'd rather sit and play their Candy Crush and things of that nature and not do proper research. So they're they're getting fed this this crap through the government and that's what they're led to believe. And it's like you said, I've been in the same situation. I actually totally uh, get off on the opportunity to educate any opportunity I get. Like you said, you get out with a, with a group of smokers and within five minutes is all it takes is just to educate them and they it gives them that little leeway to, hey, maybe this is something I should look into sort of thing. Or maybe maybe this guy has something, he's onto something or whatever. It yeah, just it takes a little effort of education to, it's like with my mother even. I went out for lunch one day and she popped it on me about how I'm going to get popcorn lung from, from vaping. And I, it only took me a couple minutes to explain that the, the diacetyl in, in the worst case scenario is about nine micrograms of diacetyl in a 30 mil bottle of the worst case scenario juice, whereas one cigarette will hold somewhere in the vicinity of 6,700 micrograms of that same same compound. And it's so education is so so extremely important as of from the community because the public is not going to get fed the truth from uh, any other source. Yeah, exactly, and it's. It's a simple thing. You could be at the pub and you're having a beer and you're having a vape out in the beer garden and, and someone's like, oh, you know, what's that? Oh, I heard it's really bad for you. And you explain to them, you say, look, what is in this liquid is the same flavorings that you have in your lollies, in your ice cream, in your cordial at home that you feed to your kids. The, the propylene glycol is in asthma puffers. It's in the nicotine spray that you, you've tried to quit with. And the VG, you know, is in everything. It's used as a thickener. You know, you explain the ingredients and they go, oh, oh okay. And you, you tell them, look, it's not burning anything. And suddenly they're like, oh, well, that makes sense. It's so simple when you explain the truth. We did get one really decent documentary just pop up on um, a TV station uh, recently um, that was actually very, very positive, but also at the same time, uh, very objective. Uh, and it was a UK based documentary that took eight, uh, took, took three or four groups of, of smokers, eight in each group. Um, they had eight people trying to quit via cold Turkey, which we all know is bullshit. Um, we had eight people trying to quit with traditional nicotine replacement therapy, like patches and gum and sprays. And we had eight people, uh, you know, using vaporizers. 
and you know they did a whole bunch of they had scientists involved um and they did proper tests and they took them over i think it was a month or two months and they tested them you know at various periods on their you know lung recovery uh, on their ability to absorb oxygen on all sorts of very scientific you know proper fucking testing and you know it came out that the only you know it was you know the same amount of you know basically the same amount of people were able to quit via vaporizers as they were um, traditional nicotine replacement i think something like seven out of the eight people uh, managed to stay off cigarettes for the whole month um the cold turkey uh you know candidates failed miserably something like three or two of them stayed off cigarettes for the month the rest of them all uh cracked and um, the only thing that came out of uh, the, the, the study that they wanted to investigate further with some bigger pools, they had a very small pool, obviously, was that vaping, uh, the, the vapors, their recovery of the cells in their lungs wasn't as quick as those that didn't vape while quitting, which makes sense. Do you know what I mean? You're taking yeah. something into your lungs there's going to be some sort of impact. Right. How much that impact was, was absolutely minimal and negligible. It certainly wasn't, you know, from what the, the scientists perceived as, uh, you know, a problem. Uh, it was something they wanted to investigate further. So it was a really, really good documentary that portrayed vaping as, hey, we know that it's not going to be 100% healthy. You know, putting anything in your lungs on a regular basis is not going to be healthy. That that's common sense. But versus putting cigarette smoke in your lungs, yeah, ninety five percent safer is what you know they sort of came out with from their own small study, um, which just mimicked what the, the the you know the Royal College of Physicians had uh, had said. So we've had one good documentary. Unfortunately, it wasn't on a real mainstream TV channel. Uh, it was on you know. It's not a community channel, but it's uh, not not your you know not your Fox or your uh, or your you know your CBS or whatever. It was a, a slightly smaller sort of channel, but it's it's a bit of hope. That's hilarious because that's the exact same documentary I was talking about. <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm just going to omit my shit out of the interview and just carry on with yours because it was the exact same thing. It was just sounded funny. I was sitting there smiling because I'm, I'm talking about this documentary and then you go, yeah, well we just had one here and it was blah, blah, blah. I was like, holy fuck, it's the same one. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it was, great. It was, I was watching it. I'm like, finally, finally there is some actual common sense in this debate. You know, it was objective. There were some, there were some negatives they found, but they weren't negatives that I felt meant that you shouldn't go ahead and 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 you know basically promote vaping. It, it was, yeah, we're we're concerned. We don't know enough about it yet. You know, it needs to be studied further, but we should be embracing this. Exactly. But I mean, just for future reference, anybody that may ask you, just go to, they can check it out on YouTube. It's uh, just search Michael Mosley e-cigarette, and it'll come up. It's the same exact same documentary. Over the last week, there was some activity with the vaping community and the government. I noticed that Dr. Attila Danko had met with MP Fiona Patton at Parliament House. To me, I've, I've explained, I've said this before. To me, Dr. Danko in Australia would probably be the equivalent of uh, Greg Conley in the U.S. He, he's just everyday, all day 
advocating vaping and uh, that's coming from a general practitioner as well. But did, did you hear about that meeting and do you know what took place? Uh, no, I haven't heard about that meeting as such. I did hear whispers that there was a meeting and, you know, was, was quite excited by the idea of a, an actual government official meeting with someone with the, you know, insight of, uh, of Dr. Danko. Right. Well, I think maybe what that led up to is there will be a Save Vaping rally Tuesday, 16th, 12.30 p.m. on the Parliament House steps that is uh, located at number one Spring Street in Melbourne, Australia. That's a good step in the right direction. That's you know, the people, like you said earlier, the, it just needs to be some interaction between the public and the government. And this is a great step. The government needs to know that there are actually people out there and voters. Um, and you got to remember in Australia that everybody generally, if they've enrolled to vote is, you know, has to fucking get in there and vote. So, um, you know, everybody that turns up to that rally, you know, effectively is a voter and that generally, you know, it has an impact on, on what the government, you know, does. If it's in their electorate and there are people that are saying, Hey, this is an issue that I care about, that I want you to support, if you get enough people doing that, that will, that will have an impact. And that's pretty much where I wanted to go with this entire interview and get across was the fact that nothing is going to change. It's kind of like uh, sitting in front of a, a wood stove waiting for heat. Well, there isn't going to be any heat until you put some wood on that fire. And I knew that you would be the guy to, to try to help me get this point across. It's very, very important for the vaping public. Uh, I hope that we get a lot of Australians listening to uh, this series that we're putting across and get more involved because it, it, words do speak very loud. We can get a point across and get the government realizing that we mean business. Yeah. I mean, it's happened in the States. You've had a number of, you know, representatives in, uh, you know, the you know, various different states actually be removed from their, uh, from their office because enough vapors said, hey, we vape, we vote, and if you don't support it, we're not vaping for you. And they, you know, and that's a powerful thing. Um, it's unfortunate that because of these pre-existing nicotine laws, the vaping community in Australia has been stifled. We don't have the same number of vapors um, in our, you know, various uh, electorates to to have as much of an impact as what the uh, the Americans can. You know, because they've got so many more people that are vaping. When they say, "Hey, if you don't fucking you know support this, we're not we're not going to vote you in," it actually has a real impact. Uh, in Australia, we're we're on the back foot. We're we you know we're um we're the underdog, because we have a far less uh, amount of vapors. You know, in terms of the uh, you know population proportionate to to get in there and actually make a difference. So we really need everybody who has uh you know who, who vapes to get in there, but also anybody who. Uh, has family members that um, that want you know their their smoking family members not to be smoking, to get in there and say hey this is something that's life changing I want to see the smokers around me have the opportunity to access this product. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, going back, you know, the U.S. is the largest market uh, in the vape community uh, with a roughly close to 50 percent. But second place would be the U.K. and they're sitting roughly around 13 percent. That's quite a space, quite a gap. But 
in that small percentage, there was enough of those people that did make an influence on the UK backing out of the, the European Union yeah. based on, I mean, there's a lot at stake with that situation with the Brexit vote. Uh, you know, their British pound, there was just a lot of political, but vaping was part of it and the vape community stood up and made that slight difference. It was like a 52 to 48 oh vote yeah. and it, and i believe firmly that what put it over the edge was the vaping public standing up and speaking their mind absolutely you're, you're talking about a four percent difference in votes you know you're talking about i mean how many vape there's there's several million vapors in the uk and there was a difference in votes of a several million and that that has to be uh an impact absolutely you cannot say that um that, that didn't have an impact on that decision might be why people were so surprised by that decision because they weren't expecting the vapors to come out and say, you know what? Fuck Europe. We don't want this bullshit. We don't want to be part of this TPD crap. I don't care if economically it's going to be a challenge for the UK in the next couple of years, which it will be. This uh, pro vaping uh, movement is more important than, uh, you know, the overall economic situation of the UK. Yeah, I absolutely think that the, uh, the vapors had an impact there. Oh, absolutely. I think it's going to be a long drawn out process for us as a community, but in order for those that are of us that have always taken a passion in creating and keeping that path paved for the people that are still smoking, because we all know we, we can all, we let's face it. We all are okay. We can continue to vape no matter what happens. However, it's that poor guy next door that's still uh, hooked on the cigarettes that can barely get up the steps that we're worried yep. about there's places in the world that are starting to see the light and New Zealand's a prime example. They're, they're taking a different stance and a different light. And I think that there's some, some hope for us as a community, as a global community down the road. And it's uh, something that we can be hopeful for, but we have to do our work. And so with all that's taking place and it does seem grim at times, but there's a lot of progress and there's a lot of hope. What words of encouragement and advice could you give to vapors all over the world? I think it's pretty simple. What have you got to lose by doing something? A bit of your time, $5 from your wallet. If you sit back and do nothing and you blow clouds and you post hand checks, instead of actually taking a few minutes just to write your representative, support a few advocacy groups, you know, whether it be Kassar or Not Blowing Smoke or the new nicotine alliance, or uh, you know the various advocacy groups in the UK, you really are not losing much by doing something, but you are running the risk of losing everything, and preventing those that haven't had the opportunity to move into to vaping. You, you're running the risk of losing all of that by doing nothing. Uh, it, it's yeah, it doesn't make sense to me to to sit back and do nothing when it's so minimal what we need to do. Um, individually to actually make, you know, make the collective difference. So yeah, just send an email, pledge a dollar and talk to a smoke, talk to a smoker, um, talk to a, a non-smoker and tell them why you think uh, they need to be supporting government officials that support vaping. Doing nothing is easy, but doing something is not very hard at all. Uh, so, yeah, just get off your fucking ass. <laughs> Incredibly well said, buddy. That's great. Well, listen, man, uh, I can't 
thank you enough once again for a, a guy I've uh, admired and respected to actually sit down one-on-one -on -one and chat with you like this has been a, a highlight for me definitely and I know that the listeners are going to get something out of it uh, thank you very much for bringing some light on on the situation over there and your stance and uh, let's do what we can to uh, continue to help out because it's, it's it's a global community it's not just what happens in our backyard we're out there for each other and that's the purpose of why i'm reaching out to to guys like yourself thanks for having me on and it's it's, it's such a great community we're like you know globally we can get together and help each other re-wick our rdas and build the perfect coil um, why can't we use that sense of community to save our community? An incredible interview with an incredible man, a great representative for the global vaping community. A lot of fun to watch. Check out his channel, The Vaping Bogan, on YouTube. Also, you can catch him on Facebook and on Instagram as well, Twitter all the social media platforms great guy had a blast with that interview and uh we've somewhat kept in touch over the last uh week or so as well just a, a great guy and uh, a fantastic uh spokesman and representative for our community great advocate and uh thanks very much sam really appreciate the time you took and uh hope to have you back again on the podcast again sometime soon so if you want to get yourself decked out and uh, start some conversations, check out vapingswag.com. Um, Shane over there makes some fantastic t-shirts. He's got reviewer t-shirts, uh, Adore e-liquid apparel, I vape, I vote shirts, uh, vaping swag originals, and he's got wire by Crazy Wire and also a new juice line as well that you'd want to check out. Go support Shane. He uh, does a lot for advocacy behind the scenes, puts a lot of his sales into uh, the advocacy as well. Got to check him out, vapingswag.com. And while you're at it, pick yourself up some Addy's yogurt or some banana bondage from adoreeliquid.com. 50% of the banana bondage goes to notblowingsmoke.org and 100% of the Addy's yogurt concentrates goes to Not Blowing Smoke as well. Great cause, great prices, great juice, and you simply won't be sorry that you did. Advocacy never tasted so good. So if you listened to the last episode of the Fogcast, you heard uh, part one of uh, an in-depth great interview with Dr. Attila Danko. And um, just a reminder, once again, coming up on August the 16th, that's this coming Tuesday, on the steps of the Parliament House in Melbourne, Australia, number one, Spring Street, Melbourne, Australia, there will be the very first ever Save Vaping Rally. Dr. Attila Danko will be there, Donna Darvel, uh, Colin Man Dr. Colin Mendelson, and several others get out there support the cause let the government know what the vaping community means to you and it's your opportunity to get out and speak your voice so take full advantage of it if you're able again that's on august the 16th this coming tuesday afternoon 12 30 p.m the steps of the parliament house in melbourne please get out there and support the cause it's very important you guys saw what took place in new zealand and we can get the ball rolling in australia 
with the rugged nicotine laws that are taking place down there as well. Coming up now, part two of that epic episode with Dr. Attila Danko, and I hope you enjoy it. Good afternoon, fellow minions. Welcome to Yeti Wire. How can I help you? Yeah, hi. We're here to see Mr. Yeti. You want to talk to him about some coils? Yeah, we want to meet him. <laughs> well... No problem, gentlemen. I'll page him for you. Mr. Yeti to customer service, please. Mr. Yeti to customer service. Look no further. Introducing Yeti Wire, beautiful handcrafted coils that will perfect any atomizer. Currently available in staggered fused Clopton, Alien, Caterpillar Mechanic Track, Stainless Steel Fused, and Twisted Coils. Unbelievable pricing starting at just $5 per set. And always remember to befriend a Yeti, hug a Yeti, and buy from a Yeti. At Yeti Wire, yetiwire.vapeshack.org. Glorify your goon with Yeti Wire. You know, so look, everything that we do counts. Every little bit um, that comes along that um, is in favour of vaping you know, makes a difference. It, it is a long battle. Um, it's an erosion battle. We've got to erode that uh, opposition to it bit by bit, person by person, and, and we'll get there in the end. And, um, you know, I, I do th see things changing in Australia, slowly but surely. Um, see things changing around the world, um, and um, you know. So I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm, I'm optimistic. I wouldn't be in this if I didn't think we could win this, and um, I believe we can. Yeah, and just one more touch on the the Royal College of Physicians. I mean, people that just don't uh, want to take the time to try to wrap their head around that report. Uh, I think a good reference on a layman's terms is you posted it the other day on your Facebook was the uh, documentary, BBC documentary by uh, Michael Mosley. Yeah. Um, it gives you a pretty good idea of, it, it, let's face it, anything we're putting into our lungs isn't going to be 100% uh, safe, but yeah. when they compare it to the cigarettes, uh, it, it's, a, it's a huge difference. And I thought that that was a fantastic documentary and I do encourage it. It is posted on YouTube and you can look it up. It's just uh, called Michael Mosley E-Cigarette. It's a BBC documentary. 50 minutes. Uh, I think I posted it on Facebook a couple weeks back too. I watched it and I just said, grab a vape and sit and watch this. And, and you get a good idea of what the uh, Royal College of Physicians is talking about. Yeah. And it was broadcast in Australia just uh couple of weeks ago yeah so i mean that's that's another thing that's come out you know so people would have been watching that and thinking oh so maybe this vaping thing isn't all bad you know maybe it is a good thing not just the royal college of physicians but you know there's more and more positive media and and documentary type uh information coming out billion lives is huge that's another thing i actually kind of wanted to touch on really quick with you that uh, Billion Lives did premiere in Australia as well, won, won some awards, uh, seemed to go over very well. Do you think that it has started to snowball any kind of effect as far as the mindset down there? Um, yeah, probably not so much in Australia. 
um, the the premiere in New Zealand was much bigger. I mean, it was international first premiere. That was um, the first one, yeah. So I've, I've been lucky enough, uh, one of the few, to see it twice now. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, but in um, Melbourne at this film festival, it wasn't. It was in a little hall with um, sort of metal chairs on a flat floor. The sound um, quality sort of went a bit stuffed in halfway through. Um, it was pretty much everyone was there was a vapor at the showing. Um, <clears throat> we invited lots of politicians, but no one turned up. So um, I think the main thing about the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival was that so they can go out to other places and say, hey, look, we won an award, you know. Um, <laughs> so that was the main uh, benefit of that, really, in terms of stimulating discussion in Australia. It's, um, yeah, really the, the Michael Mosley documentary would have been far more effective because that went on broadcast TV on a, on a standard channel and uh, would have been watched by, I imagine, hundreds of thousands. Um, and uh, whereas The Billion Lives, yeah, it was just... Um, yeah, it was just about uh, 40 or 50 vapors really saw that. An, uh, an exclusive group. Well, I think once yeah. it gets through the proper channels, I mean, it starts uh, and once it goes through its circuit and then starts getting into theaters and then in, onto uh, Netflix or whatever, it's going to make a bigger impact, I think. I, I'm really looking forward to it as well. Uh, oh, I yeah. It was very well done. Um, I think Aaron Biebert really is he's a smart guy and he hit it on the head and then he just took a stance and said i'm not afraid to get this out there you know yeah oh absolutely no, it's brilliant it's a brilliant movie and um i think the effectiveness in america is going to be huge because they're creating this huge event there for it um i mean part of this is because vaping advocacy has been so much bigger in the u.s and it's been so much more open um and we've been really hampered by the fact that, um, you know, people think about vaping advocacy and they think, oh, geez, it's truly the same as heroin. You know, I don't want to be arrested for vaping. I don't want to be sent to jail, you know. Um, and so people vape privately and in secret and uh, keep it to themselves, you know, don't tell other people about it. And, um, you know, that, that was the big argument on the forums a few years ago when we're trying to create a advocacy group unsuccessfully, like I was talking about, is that so many people were saying, don't poke the bear. You know, we've got a good thing going. Let's keep it secret. Let's keep it quiet. Um, <clears throat> you know, don't you dare stuff this up for the rest of us because what they don't know won't hurt them. They won't stamp us out if they don't know we're doing it. And, of course, it was bullshit. They knew that we were doing it. They knew that we're getting nicotine in and that vaping was taking off in Australia. And all that did was it gave them an open road to government, an open road to politics, to be able to spout whatever crap that they liked without any opposition. And so that was the whole effect of this whole, oh, don't poke the bear, I'm scared, I'm scared. You know, working, you know, doing stuff just because of fear is never a winning strategy, you know. Um, having the courage to stand up and get out there, that, that's much more likely to make you win. There's, there's, there's no way you can win if you just huddle in your lounge room and, and keep it quiet and secret. Um, and uh, that was what we were faced with. We were faced mainly by opposition from other vapors. And, um, but once I'd done my speech, 
then I knew that I had the credibility to start something here in Australia and that no one could question that. No one would, could question that I had the right to lead this group and to start something. Um, you know, if they, you know, have problems with it, well, you know, once you get a speech out in the international, um, you know, forum and you uh, get a, you know, a standing ovation, then you can talk about it, you know. Until then, you know, we who are wanting to be active, we who are wanting to push the agenda, just let us get on with it and join us. Yeah, so that, that's where in America, because you've got, you know, Senator Ron Johnson, you've got all these um, people coming along and, um, you know, they're having, I think they're going to stretch it out so there's going to be stuff on the day before and the day after, uh, meetings and discussions and, and vape celebrations. Um, you know, it's got it's got the chance to be a really, really huge landmark event in, uh, in vaping history in the U.S. Yeah. And that's uh, the, 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 there's a, you know, a number of court cases that are coming up, but the main one, the big one, um, the right to be smoke free uh, lawsuit has been moved right to October 19th, I believe. So that surprised me that that's going to happen that quick. So that just shows the, uh, the, the, in, the intensity behind it. Let's face it. The, the American market holds probably about a 43 to 45% sharehold in the overall vaping market. I think the UK is in number two with around 13%, which is a huge gap, but there should be, uh, the U S could, they, they, they should set the precedence with, uh, with what's going to be taking place. Like you said, it's going to be a long, drawn-out process. Uh, there will be a lot of, you know, how the, the judicial system works in most parts of the world. It's not going to be just an overnight thing that's fixed, but at least they're moving in the right direction. And they, like you said, Ron Johnson, um, several others that are, are standing behind it, and that's going to help that movement a little bit, uh, move at a better pace as, as well. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I keep try and keep up with what's happening in the US, but um, I just can't see how they can squash it. You know, there are just so many people who are vapors now. Um, there are so many people who know how to build their own coils, people there who are stockpiling nicotine as well. Um, but, um, you know, they're trying to squash this thing. I just think they've taken a bite too big, um, the FDA. Um, and, um, you know, look, I'm... You know, obviously, you've got to be prepared for, you know, if things go all pear-shaped, there are multi-billion dollar vested interests there that are fighting against vaping, yeah. as we know. Um, exactly. But there's going to be a hell of a fight against them. You know, all these lawsuits and um, and actions by, by the grassroots advocates. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think whatever people can do there to get behind that and to promote the you know, the liberalisation and then continued access to vaping. Um, you know, it'll be very interesting to see what pans out there. Yeah, exactly. Well, sir, you know, we've, uh, you've been very gracious and generous with your time. Uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Just a quick note, what, with all that's taking place all over the globe and as grim as it can seem in some situations, what words of encouragement and advice could you give to vapors worldwide? Well, just that every time that there's been a debate like this, you know, in harm reduction, um, in general, you know, the people who are in favour of sensible regulation that we've won, you know, I mean, 
there were places where condoms were banned. Um, there were places where, um, you know, um, places in the world where, you know, they're decriminalising other drugs um, like Portugal and they're seeing the benefits of it. But the harm reduction argument is is um, gaining strength all over the world. And, um, you know, and it just takes that one-on-one discussion with someone that could, that could make the difference. Uh, and that, that's what they did in the UK. They just talked one-on-one. Uh, with politicians, with public health people, and um, and they changed it all around so that now the UK is a beacon of, of, of light to the world in terms of, of tobacco harm reduction. And we can do, and they, they're doing that in, their, in New Zealand. They've won that. Uh, we can do that in every country. Uh, it just takes people to, to uh, convert your fellow smokers, get them onto vaping, to... Um, to look at look for opportunities to talk to your representatives, look for opportunities to talk to people in public health. Um, so much of this is simple ignorance and misconception. And if you wipe that away, you know there's a, you know this is a, a historical, you know movement that we're part of. It's it's extremely exciting to be part of. And you know when you're when you're in your old age, you can look back to this time and say, look, I was part of this. I was part of that the movement to save a billion lives. Well, Dr. Danko, thank you very much once again for taking the time to sit and chat. Um, when I started this, this whole podcast, the podcast, my intent was just to get a message out. And it was the uh, means of the technology that was important to me. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard. I find people find it tough to sit behind their computer for an hour, an hour and a half or whatever, and, and watch a, an advocacy video but there's a lot more movement in the podcast and they, they can listen to it in their cars on the way in, to and from places or work or whatever on their bikes, on walks, whatever. And uh, so I thank you very much in helping me take that step. I think that your message is going to be very inspiring to a lot of people and it's definitely going to uh, shed some light on what's happening outside of people's backyards, which is something that uh, is, you know, in the States, they're, they're glued onto what's happening there. It's a big issue, but we've got to do what we can to help others uh, worldwide. And you taking the stand. And if you want to check out the, uh, that epic speech that Dr. Tiladenko gave, I'll leave a, a link to that YouTube video in the description. Do check it out. It was a classic speech, and uh, he was uh, one of the first that I saw that that had the balls to stand up and just say it like it was. So congratulations on that, and congratulations on the Vape Rally coming up Tuesday, August 16th, 12.30 p.m., Parliament House Steps, 1 Spring Street, Melbourne, Australia. Uh, do check that out. Uh, get you do what you can to get down to that area and help with the movement. So thanks very much for taking the time to be with us. We appreciate it, sir. You're welcome. There's just one more thing. Sure. Um, so I'm in discussions at the moment with um, Stefan Didak, uh, with uh, Luke Van Deel, um, and a few other advocates, global international advocates, uh, Dave Dorn. Um, about a demonstration at the World Health Organization COP7 event in New Delhi uh, later this year. Right. I don't know if you've heard anything about that. 
Uh, yeah, actually, that show that I was on with you, Fresh, and That's Stefan, cool. we did. You yeah, guys touched yeah, yeah. on that briefly then. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's, um, look, there's still a bit of organisation to do with that. Um, we've only had a couple of meetings so far, but, um, you know, potentially that, that could be huge. But um, we're going to need to get a lot more a lot more support for that to make that happen. I, I would really like there to be 100 international advocates in New Delhi. Right. Um, and, um, I mean, this could be potentially... Um, a bit more scary than most other protests. <laughs> I was just going to say, who's going to hire the the, uh, the security team? <laughs> <laughs> With great risk comes great reward. Oh, you for know, sure. I, I think there's a, such a huge opportunity there because that's that's if you like that's the um, that's the core of the empire. You know, that's the that's the Death Star. That's that's what we got to get to. Absolutely. Um, the rest of it's peripheral, but the World Health Organization is the one that's driving this prohibitionist agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, and every government in the world who's banning vape um, will be basically referring to the World Health Organization and their attitudes towards it. <clears throat> so until we start to make some noise about that, until we start to confront the, you know, the emperor himself, you know, <laughs> where. Um, you know, we're going to keep getting that that poison coming out from there. So, um, you know, I'm I'm excited, really excited about this. More excited than anything else. Um, if we can get it together, a lot of courage, a lot of guts, a lot of uh, financing. Um, I believe we can do it. The community—that's the greatest part about this community. You can reach out to somebody, hop on a video call, and learn how to make a coil. And you can also reach out like we are right now. I can reach out to you and get some input on what's happening in a certain part of the world. And that's what's great about this community. I think in our back of our minds, I've always maintained and told people in the back of our minds, we have this uh, gratitude for the fact that we were able to walk away from the tobacco entrapment. And we all share that common bond and we're willing to do what we can for each other. Sure, there's some division on whether you're a cloud chaser or a flavor chaser or a mouth to lung or whatever the case, but we are all one. And that's something that we need to do together is, is to stay together as one. And for events like this, get out there if you can, I would, I would love to be, uh, be able to take it off, you know, have the opportunity to take part in something like that. Yeah. I might have to run like crazy <laughs> at some point, but it would be uh, a worthwhile cause for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there's going to be a, um, a much less, uh, I mean, a part of it will be a non-confrontational, just a conference, a parallel conference and a screening of a billion lives. Right. And particularly importantly, a chance to really encourage the Indian vapors, um, which I've talked to, and they're, they're in a similar situation to us probably a year ago or two when we were all frightened and, and huddled in our bunkers, and that's what they're doing at the moment. Um, and I would love to see to, if we could lift them up out of that and encourage them and, and activate them up into a place where they could be much more politically active. And I think, you know, if they're meeting with advocates who are experienced from around the world who have gone through these battles um, and they feel that they're not alone in their place, that, that there's a whole world community that supports them, I mean, that's just going to be so wonderful for the, for the Indian vapors to to, you know, really lift their hearts and lift their spirits and make them feel that they can be part of this. And um, what an event, you know. It's, it will be the world's first international vape rally. 
you know, not just the local one, but international, you know, for an international cause. I mean, that, you know, that's, that's inspiring. So I'll let you go. I've eaten up enough of your time and I'm sure you got a lot to do today, but I do thank you so much for taking the time out. You're very welcome. My pleasure. And there you have it. Part two of Dr. Danko's interview. Uh, can't thank him enough for the time that he took to sit down with me and to discuss this situation down in Australia and globally for that matter. It was just a great, inspiring and educational interview that came from a general practitioner. Uh, what more could you ask for? All right, despite the epic show that we've had to this point, I am going to throw in a permit to piss me off, a bit of a rant, something I wanted to get off my chest, something that's been bothering me for the last week or so. And I know that a lot of people aren't going to agree with me, but that doesn't matter. I'm still going to get this off my chest. And that is the fact that August 8th is come and gone. And since that time... I am seeing just this massive flood of F-bombs dropped at the FDA. Fuck the FDA. Fuck the FDA. You know, and I get it. I totally get it. And to be honest with you, I feel the same way. It's ridiculous. It's uh, uncalled for. And it's a, it's a big overreach of authority. Definitely. However, if for any other reason our job at this point is still to educate and encourage current smokers and non-smokers on the true nature and the true meaning and benefits of vaping. Now, from my standpoint, if you were to bring a current smoker in and introduce them to into the vaping community and they start doing a little bit of research and they just see this massive flood of negative energy towards the FDA, the governments, whatnot. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be upset and choked, but I just think that that it's a point in time where we need to keep our wits about us and stand up and continue to fight. And this to me is just it's almost appalling in a way that if you were to bring somebody new into the mix and they just see this wide open field of basically hooligans uh, popping fingers, you know, all these pictures of, of fuck the FDA, your fingers are up and flipping the birds, dropping the F-bombs. It's just, I don't think it's called for. As upset as we all are, I don't think that it's something that's called for. And I just think that it's something that is going to tarnish the image for somebody new coming in. So something just to keep in mind. I mean, everybody to each their own, to carry on and do what you will. And uh, I'm not one to judge, but I just think that if we can hold back as best we possibly can and continue to take our stance on education to showing a tight-knit community 
I think it's going to make us look that much better. And that's my rant for this week. And that's all it was. Thanks very much for taking the time to listen, everybody. Love you all. Thanks so much to Sam, the Vaping Bogan, for spending time with me and having a great interview. And also Dr. Attila Danko once again. Uh, Can't thank you guys enough to make this such a special, epic Fogcast, I think it's going to be uh, a highlight for me, definitely. And much respect goes out to both of you. And much goes, much respect goes out to the entire vape community. I love you all. Stay healthy, stay happy, and keep on vaping. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Everything is in its place Oh, I woke up feeling great Today was made for me And life is good the way it should The way